0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Are you ready to participate and go forth? We can do that establishing a time of prayer and we're really looking for people to step it up with regard to daily prayer for this ministry, um, for believing together for the the glory of God just to blank this entire place. God has called us to be allowed on the hilltop. He has called us to reach this locality with the life-changing truths of the gospel, to break through the darkness that, uh, is, that really holds people in captivity and bondage, the darkness of religious traditions, traditions of men, doctrines of devils. And the only way those things can be overcome is through the power and majesty of the living God, the powerful name of Jesus, the blood of the lamb and the glory as it manifests. And so praise God, we're going to talk about how we can get better involved in daily prayer for this ministry. Um, matter of fact, if you get, need the notes, just raise your hand, talk a little bit about some of that, our daily habits that we form. Uh, But let's pray. Father, it's a delight to study your word this evening. We study it in the name of Jesus by the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit. Give us ears to hear it, hearts to receive it, minds that are open to it. Change us by it from glory to glory. Challenge our hearts this evening that we might rise up and go forth and just accomplish the purpose of your will, dear Father God, as we yield ourselves to your spirit and take the truth of your word that we know within our hearts into the highways and byways of life. Father, we'll praise you for all that's said and done, all that's accomplished in and through our lives. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. In the book of Psalms, the first psalm, uh, beginning at verse 1, Blessed is a man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinner, or sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate once a month. Once a week. No. In his law does he meditate how often? Daily. Notice day and night. Daily. Day and night. Well, he'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that will bring forth his fruit in the season. His leaf shall not wither and whatever he does is going to prosper. Notice prosperity is at the very end of that. Notice the daily practice of meditation in the word of God will produce within him the ability to produce fruit of its own. It's just going to happen. It's not hard to produce fruit when you're connected to the vine and you're planted by a river of water. And when we receive all the nutri- nutriment, nutrients and everything that it provides for us, it's a very simple thing for us to do what? Bear fruit. God knows that we are creatures of habit. He knows that. We are so much creatures of habit that uh, too often we get caught up in doing things And then when things change, we keep on doing it the way we used to do it, then realizing it changed. Have you ever moved a table out from beneath the chandelier that's hanging down low? And you knew it was there, but you're so used to, you know, just walking into the room and there's no table any longer and walk right into it and hit yourself in the head? Mm Mm-hmm. Doing things like that. We're creatures of habit. And the more we get into the habit of doing certain things, we just follow the routine over and over and over again. Well, that's okay if it's in the spiritual realm. God wants us to get into the habit of doing certain things. That's why he instructs us in the word to do it by day and night. Because if we get into the habit of meditating the word day and night, we're going to set in motion some things that will enable him to use us to carry out his program. And we won't be spectators sitting on the sideline, but we're going to get involved in the program. And what God wants it done. Praise God. And each and every one of us has a circle of influence where we can touch the hearts and lives of people around us. And to be honest with you, every place is a venue, everywhere we go. We just keep a listening ear and even sometimes hear conversations. We can walk over to those people and just say, you know what? I heard you were talking about it wasn't eavesdropping, but you know, I, I, can I pray with you about this situation? And if we'll be bold to step out and do that, I believe the hand of God will fall and manifest itself and touch the hearts and lives of people. Now, if we develop this habit of staying in the word of God, and we're going to talk about a couple of things here in the word of God and also prayer. But first of all, the word of God, certain things can happen. Notice some of the references, first of all, to other individuals that did that very thing. First of all, the life of Daniel. Look in Daniel chapter 6. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being open and his chamber towards Jerusalem, and he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. In other words, he was in the constant habit of doing what? Getting on his knees, praying three times a day, every single day. And just because the king put out a decree saying that you're not allowed to do that anymore, It didn't bother him, didn't faze him whatsoever. Why? Because he heard from heaven. He exalted heaven's decree far above the king's decree. And if he was gonna be intimidated by what he heard, got on his knees three times a day. Why was Daniel successful? Because he got into the prayer habit. He knew his success came from the throne of almighty God. And he reached out to that throne every day of his life, three times a day to see to it that he connected, that he would bring forth the plan, the purpose and the will of God for his life. And so that was Daniel's testimony There's much more to be said about that. But look at here, the psalmist who praised seven times a day. Psalm 119, 164, seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. He had a revelation of the righteous judgments of God that moved him to a place of what? Praising God seven times a day. Well, you know what? You and I, praise God, are more privileged than that. We came with the fruit of our lips, give thanks to him all the time, seven days a week, 24 hours a day if we want to, uh, because of what Jesus has done for us. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. How often? Continually, every single day. I guarantee you, my brother and my sister, if we learn the daily practice of praising God from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord is to be praised. It will make a marked difference in all of our lives It will absolutely revolutionize our lives and empower us and equip us to get into the game and be a part of what's going on. And not just sitting as a spectator on the sidelines. And then look at also in Mark's gospel. This is pretty good company right here. Chapter 1 verse 35. In the morning rising up a great while before day he went out and departed into a solitary place. And what did he do? Jesus made a practice every day of being in contact with his father, in contact with heaven. If Jesus needed to have this daily vital contact, how much more do we need to have that same kind of daily vital contact with the throne room so that we can get our marching orders, so that we can get the direction that we need, so we can know what thus saith the Lord. What would you have me to do today? Where would you have me to go today? How do you want to use me today? Can you see that? Praise God. And every one of us can. And then also look at Luke's gospel, chapter 9 and verse 23, because here we have something that Jesus uttered to all of us. He said unto them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, how often? Daily and follow me. Why does he say daily? Because every single day we have a choice. We can rise up in the morning and we can murmur, we can complain, we can be in disgust, we can be frustrated. And the list goes on and on about the negative things that can come out of our mouths every single day of our lives. We can rise up even before we get out of that bed and lift up our hands in heaven and proclaim this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I will, Father God, carry out the purpose of your will. May your spirit of obedience fall upon me right now before I get out of this bed. My feet hit the floor so that I would walk in a way that is honorable to you, that I will glorify you in all that I think, all that I say, all that I do sometimes people will say well I just don't have the ability I don't have the power that's because you got out of bed without doing what I just said and your feet hit the floor and you try to do it in your own strength but when you look up to heaven and you say Father I need you I need your glory I need your power to rise up big within me and fall upon me I need your equipping I need you to direct me order my steps praise God I yield myself I humble myself before you I am open to what you would have me to do in my life I'll tell you what, it'll make all the difference in the world. The things we do daily can benefit us or they can produce tragedies in our lives. Look at some of the things I have listed there for you. Daily smoking can cause lung cancer. We know that to be true. But it doesn't happen overnight. It happens over a long period of time of daily practice. Sometimes we want things done instantly in our lives, supernaturally. It doesn't always happen that way. But if we will take the time every single day, a specific time, and just say, this is our time, Lord. This is my time with you, and I am coming to your presence. I'm going to be here every day. I'm going to set this time aside, and I'm going to let you just speak to my heart and speak to my mind and just take me, shape me, mold me, form me the, the way you want me to be. Give me my marching papers and tell me what you want me to do, whatever the order might be, and I'll follow it. Okay, the next one, excessive use of alcohol. What can it do? It can cause liver damage, can it not? Liver disease. Abusing anything, doing anything too much. But it doesn't happen because of one time, because of two times. It happens because of a continuous uh, practice every single day. Something daily that's being done over and over and over and over and over and over and over over again until finally body parts begin to wear out. Next one. Uh, Overspending. Anybody know anything about that? Daily overspending can lead to what? Financial difficulties, failure, problems, and so on and so forth. I know we want to say, well, look, send more money, Lord, send more money. He's saying, stop spending how much I'm sending you. Kind of get it under control, you know, watch over it. For... I'm, not, I'm not opposed to you having things, but you know what? You got to learn some discipline here. But it's very easy for anyone to get involved in overspending. And what does it produce? If daily we overspend, then daily we're going to find ourselves getting into a heap of trouble when it comes to our financial situation. And then the next one, when it comes to marital relationships, if we don't daily invest and make deposits into the love bank of a marital relationship, it can produce what? If we just keep withdrawing and withdrawing and withdrawing, taking each other for granted and so on and so forth, putting nothing in, all of a sudden the love bank becomes empty and then we have marital failure. It doesn't happen overnight, but it's a daily thing. And if a person does it over and over and over and over and over and over again, what ends up happening is obviously sometimes tragedy and marriages fall apart. And then also when it comes to uh, yielding to fear and anxiety, and that's a, that's a very important one because we live in, in times right now that it's very easy for people to become fearful about what's going on around the world. And obviously, obviously what we just saw here once again People using trucks and running trucks and running people over, taking their lives. How many just died yesterday? Was it eight? Eight were run over on a bicycle track or riding a bike or on a walking path and all that. And this, this guy goes in there and runs them all over and kills so many people. You know, it's a, it's a crazy time that we're living in right now. But we can't yield to fear or anxiety. And if we do it daily, what happens? It overtakes us. It can destroy a person's life. Their emotional state, their emotional status and condition can just fall apart. Why? Because they're always worrying about everything that's happening. And as Jesus said, by worrying, you can't add one cubit to your stature. Come and learn of me. Come and I'll give you rest. My yoke is easy, the burden and burden is light. You'll find rest to your souls. You know what? If we're worrying, he's not working. Think about that. But if we're resting, he's working. Why? Because I'm resting in him. You want to get involved in a game? Get off the sidelines. Stop worrying. Say, my trust is in you, Lord. My trust is in you. For whatever I need, I trust you. And he wants us to do that very thing, to trust him with every part of our lives, every facet of our lives. Some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses. But I will remember the name of the Lord my God. They are brought down and fallen. But I'm arisen and I stand uprightly. Why? Because he holds me in the palm of his hands. My trust is in you, Lord. My trust and my faith are in you. Amen. What we do daily, we know uh, really dominates our lives. Some of these scriptures that are helpful here to show us, for example, if we daily get involved in the study of God's word and, and pouring over the word of God, look at some of the things that can happen. You talk about a Daily habit that's good to develop. We'll cleanse our way. Look at Psalm 119 verse 9. We'll cleanse our way. You want to make a way for the glory of God? We've got to cleanse our way. He's coming for a clean house. It's cleansed, it's cleansed by the, what? the fire of God's spirit. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Look how important it is to know the word. To walk in a way that's pleasing to God. Where we can be cleansed. So daily, if we walk in the word of God, there's a cleansing of the washing of water by the word of God. It can't possibly happen unless we're meditating in that word. And once again, don't get to the point where this is so mechanical. No, just think about a verse of scripture. Just think about what the scripture says about this, that, or the other thing. Like cleanse yourself from all filthiness of the spirit and flesh, perfecting holiness in the fear of God, but not in your own strength or ability by the grace of God. Thank you, Father, today for your grace, your your power in divine enablement and empowerment that helps me walk uprightly before you I'm not saying I could do it in my own strength or ability I'm not saying that it's even my flesh because no one's flesh wants to do it Paul said daily i have got to beat up my flesh and get under the control of the Spirit so in other words I'm presenting it to the Living God but I'm believing that His grace will enable me to rise up above it when your flesh gives you trouble my flesh gives me trouble there's someone greater than our flesh Greater is he who is where? On the inside of us than he that is in this world. And he's more than enough to put us over and make us a success. How did Paul beat up his body? With the word of God. Get under control. Follow the way of the Lord. Next one. It prevents us from sinning against God. In the book of Psalms, once again, these are all Psalm 119. Look at verse 11. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against thee. That's why I hid your word in my heart. I will not sin against you. And the more I hear it over and over and over again, I will realize that this is the way you want me to walk. I will walk in that way as we meditate in the word of God. Next one. It provides for us, or it stops us or prevents us from perishing. Look at verse 92, the same Psalm, Psalm 119. Unless thy law had been my delights. Remember Psalm 1? Delight yourself in the law of the Lord day and night. Meditate it. I should then have perished In mine affliction. Can you put up the next verse there? I should have perished in my affliction. Thy word. Not the next verse. I mean the next verse after the one I just read. In Psalm 93. If you can put that one up. It was the word that prevented him from perishing. And while he's looking for that. It was the word that prevented him. He said from perishing. I will never forget thy precepts. For with them thou hast. What? quickened me your precepts have quickened me given me life i would have perished without your word he said but your precepts have quickened why am i meditating them why am i thinking on them because you see we got to get these precepts through our thick skulls i don't know about your skull mine's thick and to get ourselves turned around walking in the ways of god involves what Mine renewal I'm thinking about this is the way of the Lord this is what he said to do I'm going to walk in it and by the grace of God by the help of the Holy Spirit I'm going to walk in it and he said I would have perished if it were not for the word of God I can say the same thing I don't know about you look at the next one prevents uh, or also um, it provides direction in uh, verse 105 now he said thy word is a lamp to my feet it's a light to my path That means nothing in the light that we're sitting in right now. But if all the lights went out like it did one time not too long ago, and it's pitch black in here, it'd be nice to have a little flashlight, wouldn't it? So we can see our way through to the exit doors. Well, He'll show us the way. His Word has a revelation for each of us to give us the path to take in life, to walk on. But what does it take? Consistently, every single day, looking into the Word of God and letting the Father know, I'm going to find out the way you have for me, the direction that you have for my life. I'm going to walk in it. And I know it's in your word. So I'm going to continue seeking it until I find it. Because I'll seek and search with all my heart. So I can know the way that you want me to walk in. And that's how we get off the sidelines and get into the, into the game plan. And start doing what God wants us to do. It promotes health. Look at the Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. My son attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. They are life to those that find them. They are health to all their flesh. Life and health. Two wonderful things. Two beautiful graces. Life and health. But how does it come? It comes by attending to the word of God. How? Listen to what I'm saying. Think about what I'm saying. Believe what I'm saying from your heart. They'll become life to you. And health to all your flesh. Listen to what I'm saying. You see why we need to hear it all the time over and over and over again? And if we will, it will become life and it will become health. But it has to be consistent every single day, daily. The daily practice of it. And the next one, it will produce also faith in our lives. Faith comes how? By hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing over and over and over. Why? Because every single day I guarantee you... That you and I are surrounded by doubt and unbelief, all kinds of emotional stress and distress, all kinds of attacks of the enemy, wows of the devil coming against our mind, telling us you're not going to make it. There's no use doing it. Even studying the word of God, you know, you don't need to do it today because forget about that right now. You got other things you got planned out in your life. You know what? It's almost to the point as if we think that God looks at that and just says, yeah, I know you're pretty busy. We'll just let it grow to next week. No, what he is saying to us is you're falling into the the hands of the enemy who wants to keep you from that which is going to produce life and health and also faith in your life. Because you see, every single day we're bombarded with doubt and unbelief. And if we allow that to what? Fester within our hearts, our minds. What are we going to be spewing out? Doubt and unbelief. But if we will do what the scripture says and say, You know what? I am not fully dressed until I have the word of God coming out of my mouth, from my heart. I'm going to rise up, I'm going to proclaim it, I'm going to declare it, I'm going to hear myself say, I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. Someone says, but I know that scripture, that's old, I want something new. Guess what? God's word never changes. I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. All things are possible to him that believes. I believe to see the glory of God. If anybody can do it, I can do it because the greater one lives on the inside of me. Guess what? If I hear that 24-7, it's going to unpack my heart. It's going to pack my words. It's going to pack my thought life. I'm going to start thinking it, believing it, saying it, and praise God I'll be having it. Amen. And the enemy knows that, which is why he wants to stop us from doing it on a regular daily basis. Alright, and then secondly, not just uh, daily hearing the Word of God, but notice the next part. Daily prayer. What does daily prayer do for us? Practicing the practice of daily prayer helps keep us from temptation. What did Jesus say in Matthew 26? And look at verse 41. He was at the rock of the garden. He prayed. He was praying himself through. He came back out. They're all sleeping. Peter says, I'm, I'm, I'm ready, Lord. I'm ready, Lord. Yeah, right. Watch and pray, Peter, that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is deed is willing, but the flesh is weak. When we speak from the flesh, yeah, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I'll never deny you. I'll never deny you. I'll never deny you. Is that right, Peter? Before the cock crows thrice, you'll deny me twice. You're going to deny me thrice. Is that what he said? So listen, Peter, you think you know yourself, you think you know your makeup of spirit, soul, and body, but let me tell you something, Peter, you know, you're not there yet. I appreciate your enthusiasm and excitement and your dedication and what you're saying to me, but I want you to know something, Peter, before the night's out, you're going to deny me whether you realize it or not, because you're not there yet. You're not tweaked yet. You've got to get to a place. Well, the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you and just begins to shake you from the inside out and work on the inside of you, and then you'll be walking with me like I want you to. And what happened? He denies the Lord three times. Why? He was in danger and he was in fear. Those are genuine emotions. When your life is hanging in the balance because you've got enemies wanting to come against you, it's okay, you know, to experience fear. But... Praise God, if we stay in the word and if we pray, the flesh is weak, the spirit is willing. He meant it because he was willing, but the flesh was just too weak, caved in under the pressure of the temptation and the circumstance. But Jesus said, if you will pray, lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. Father, I want to thank you. My flesh may not be good enough this t- today to walk out your will, To overcome temptation. But I'm not going to walk after the flesh. I know your spirit lives on the inside of me today. And I'm yielding myself to you in prayer. I'm going to pray praise God in Jesus name and the Holy Ghost. And believe that as I do. There will be fresh oil in my life. The anointing upon my life. And that your power will manifest in me. And when I face that temptation. I will rise up stalwart. And I will stand against it. And overcome in the power of your might. Amen. And then next, it also keeps us from fainting. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where a man, it just seems like you're just so overworked and overwhelmed and you're about to faint and cave in, give up, lose heart, etc., etc.? You're believing God for a miracle, but it seems like as though your flesh isn't responding, not cooperating. It seems like as though the thing's getting worse and not better. Well, you remember with the issue of blood? Remember her? she was nothing better but rather grew worse no matter what she did she was getting worse and worse and worse and worse Oh, thank God, one day she heard of Jesus, and when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind, touched his garment. Why? Because she said, all the way there, I don't know how far it was, was it a mile away, half a mile away, two miles away, five miles away, I don't know, but every step of the way, guess what? She did not faint, she did not give up, she did not lose heart, she kept on saying, when I touch his garment, I will be whole. She put the responsibility on herself, when or if I touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole what tenacity look at Luke 18 and verse 1 oh thank God that we can rise up and he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint you want to do a study I have this study already done I was going to present it at some point I don't know when but look at the word ought and look at the word should the word ought ought we ought to do something it sounds like a funny word ought you ought to do this you ought to do that but you know what? It's a very powerful word. Ought. It means this. When Jesus, when the scripture says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, if you say you abide in him, he that says he abide, ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. In 1 John three sixteen, when it says in that verse that, we you know, John three sixteen said God loved the world, but we're to love one another. We ought to love one another because he loved us. The word ought actually means this. You are indebted to. You're liable to. You have a responsibility to. You owe it to him to do it. It's a powerful, powerful word. I owe it to him. I'm indebted to him. Do you pay your bills? Because you like, you know, your credit to be good, don't you? We owe it to him. We're, didn't he purchase us with his blood then we are indebted to him we owe it to him to love each other the way he loved us we owe it to him to lay down our lives for the brethren. we owe it to him to do the things that says we ought to do and so we'll talk about that another time but anyhow we ought men ought always to pray men ought always to pray very strong words we really need to do it and if we will guess what we won't faint we won't cave in we won't lose heart. Next one. It releases us from anxiety and fretting and worry. Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7. You should know these well. Be careful for what? Nothing. But in everything. Notice nothing transitions to everything. Be careful for nothing. And the only way I could be careful without fret, worry, anxiety for nothing. Is by in everything. Everything. By prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let my request be made known to God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. So in prayer, if I develop daily habit of praying, contacting heaven, and when I find myself with a specific need, and I just realize I don't need to fret, I don't need to worry about this, because I'm going to present it to my Father as a request. With thanksgiving. My supplication, Father, is before your throne. Now I know it's in good hands. So I won't worry and I won't fret. Look at the next one in Jude 20. We're going to look at Jude. Let's just read both together. Jude 20 and 21. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. How? How, Jude? Praying in the Holy Ghost. How? How? praying in the Holy Ghost praying in the Spirit praying with other tongues can you see why the devil wants to see to it that believers today reject this teaching on being filled with the Holy Ghost and praying with other tongues he doesn't want us to build ourselves up on our most holy faith or the next verse which says keeping ourselves in the love of God keep yourselves in the love of God looking for the mercy of our lord jesus christ unto eternal life see he doesn't want those things two things to happen because faith works by love and when you and i activate the ministry of the holy spirit within it unleashes some things beyond the veil of this natural world that allows the holy ghost to do a work in us to do something what build ourselves up on our most holy faith keeping ourselves in the love of God so that we can be equipped from on high to get into the game and carry out the life mission that God has for us. Look at the next one in in Romans chapter 8 and this is really the place I wanted to get to. All the rest was a foundation for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our what? Anybody have an infirmity out there? I know some translations say weaknesses. Some of them talks about Um, Troubles that challenge us without and troubles that challenge us within. In other words, there's some things going on in our lives, maybe without or within. And we find ourselves in difficult places all the time in situations that we encounter in life. Maybe we're attacked with a physical sickness or a disease in our bodies. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's marital, uh, social, whatever it might be. We've got all these things that are happening all around us. And sometimes things happening on the inside of us. I want you to see this. The Spirit helps our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Have you ever been there before? Don't know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself, itself should be himself, makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered in articulate speech. And he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit. Why? Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. I want you to see that verse in context. Because that verse is not saying you falling down the stairs is working together for your good. It's not saying that if your wife hollered at you this morning, that's working together for your good. It's not saying if this happened, that happened. That has nothing to do with what that verse is talking about. That verse is talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. As we pray in the Spirit, as we join forces together with the Holy Spirit, and He in in us is activated So that our spirit by the Holy Spirit begins to pray. There can be a taking over of the Spirit of God in groanings that can come up on the inside of us. That can't be uttered in articulate speech. That will enable him to take hold together with us against the situation that's coming against us. And bring us to a place of success. And this ministry of the Holy Spirit will work together for our good. Because we love God and we're called according to his purpose. And his purpose is found in verse 29 of that same chapter that we conform to the very image of Jesus hallelujah so in the next section there notice some of the things we have written down there he helps our infirmities or in the Greek he takes hold together with us against them now I don't know about you if you find yourself in a losing situation isn't it good to know that there's somebody to come and rescue us someone to come and just stand right alongside us he is our helper he helps our inabilities to pray the thing through, to, to realize success, to receive the healing, to receive our deliverance, to receive the victory, to dispel the darkness of the situation, whatever it might be. But we have a helper. Can you not see why the devil does not want people to believe in this manifestation of the Holy Ghost that enables us to be equipped to get into the battle, praise God, and succeed in overcoming all the enemy brings our way? We have a supernatural ability in the realm of the spirit to pray out the perfect will of God in our lives for our lives by enlisting the very help, the power, the majesty of the Holy Ghost. And this is his dispensation, is it not? It is his dispensation. And if it is, then praise God. Let's let him have his way in us. But if I don't yield myself to him, if you recall, when Jesus was at the well with the woman at the well, he said to her, daughter, I'm telling you right now, ma'am, if you'll drink the water I have, it'll be in you a well of water springing up unto everlasting life, right? So a well of water is the new birth. Have you been born again? You've got a well of water in you, but that's not enough. Jesus said in John 7 that great day of the feast if any man really thirst let him come to me and drink and out of his belly shall flow rivers rivers imagine that rivers of living water but this spake he of the spirit that they which believe on him should receive for as yet he was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified so in other words we have access to rivers, not just a well, but rivers of living water flowing out of you. Now, sometimes I would just sit back and just maybe back in an easy chair and just start thinking. Rivers? Wow. Powerful, wouldn't you say? Have you ever been at a wave pool? Have you been at the ocean? I mean, really some big waves? And they just knocked you for a loop. Have you? I thought it was so funny. Last time we were on vacation, we were just watching this one. The waves were. We're in Virginia Beach, and the waves, they were pretty high. And really slapping. This woman, it knocked her down. She tried to get up and knocked her down again. Tried to get up and she just kept... You thought it was just a television show or something like that. She couldn't get up. I wish I'd had my phone with a little... We could have filmed that. Just wave after wave after wave after wave after wave knocking her over. That's just one little wave. You and I have rivers. Uh, We have access to rivers of living water on the inside of us. And if we'll just let them, praise God, rise up and flow out from us. We've sung the song how many times over and over again. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. It makes the lame to walk and the blind to see, opens prisons, doors, unless the captors free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. We've got to get this mind of ours hooked up to the reality that we have on the inside of us, access to the very glory that raised Jesus from the dead, praise God. And we need to go forth with boldness and, and proclaim it everywhere we go, especially for first of all, for our own particular needs, we can as well, but we've got access to it. The Holy Ghost wants to come alongside us. He wants to help us. He wants to enable us to carry out the Father's perfect will in our lives. He wants to make all things work together for our good. Look at Acts chapter 2. We activate this ministry of the Spirit by praying in the Holy Ghost. Here they are in the upper room. They've already been born again. He breathed on them the breath of God and they got saved in Acts 20. Here, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place, including Mary, the mother of Jesus. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a, everybody say rushing. 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 This word rushing is like the breath of a baby that's just been born. You know what a baby's just been born and it takes in that (gasps) breath of life and then starts screaming. You know. You know that? It came in. The breath of God came rushing in to each and every one of them. And they filled the house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them clothing tongues like as a fire that sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So if you can just envision this, if we could see this, the breath of God just breathing on them. In the beginning, when God made man, his body was a, just made from the dust of the earth, it was lifeless, expressionless could not engage with anybody, communicate with anybody, interact with anybody. It was just a body that was there. You and I are not a body. You and I are spirit beings. You and I have a soul, but we live in a physical body. But all of a sudden, God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and he became a living soul. When Jesus breathed on them in Acts 20, I mean John 20, they were born again and received the life and nature of God. But now here in Acts chapter 2, We have another manifestation of the breathing of God upon these people and filled each and every one of them that were in the house and they began to do what? Speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. And as they began to, they glorified God in a language that was beyond their ability to be, even begin to say, Thank you, praise you, I bless you, I worship you. Thank God for those wonderful words that we can use. But when you, Paul said, give thanks well. In, in the Spirit, you give thanks well far beyond anything you can do in the English language. And that's a matter of faith that I'm believing, I'm praising God, I am worshiping God, I am praying in the Holy Ghost, I am lifting up my voice on high, and I'm giving place to what? The breath of God that's residing in me, the glory of God rising up within me. I am activating the ministry of the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead to act on my behalf to carry out the purpose of God's will. Look at 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 20. We see the similar thing here. Knowing this, First, that no prophecy of this scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were. It's the same word there, moved, like this rushing, moved, breathed on by the Holy Ghost. Sometimes I just chuckle when someone comes along and just says, man wrote that book. I I want to think, where do I begin? You know, in the natural, you just want to slap them around a little bit and just say, come over here, let's talk. Let's really talk. Do it in love, of course, if you can do that. Let's talk a little bit. Let me tell you something right now. Yes, men wrote it, but they were holy men of old, and God breathed on them. You believe in your fairy tales you watch on TV with all this stuff that's going on, all that craziness that's going on, you see people breathing things over and all that. Well, I'm telling you what, God breathed the breath of His almightiness In that upper room, it entered into each and every one of them. They were already born again, but now they are divinely empowered from on high with the power that raised up Jesus from the dead. And Jesus said, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you will be my witness. You'll get off the sidelines. You're going to go to the marketplace, and you're going to proclaim my name to this people. And what happened to those cowards? They came out from that upper room, praise God, and Peter began, the one that denied Jesus three times, he began to proclaim, he began to preach and declare that the one you crucified is Jesus of Nazareth, he's the Lord of all, he's the Messiah, he did it with power and authority, 3,000 people got saved, another 2,000 people, 5,000 uh, 5, came the next time, 8,000 in a short period of time, why, because he was empowered from on high and proclaimed the, the truth of God's word so you and I have access to the very power and majesty of the living God it's incomprehensible if you really consider it it removes the veil between the natural and the supernatural world the spiritual realm and we begin to see some things praise God with our spiritual eyes and you know what we got to turn on ourselves and start saying greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world I have minimized who's in me it's time to maximize who is in us You see, the thing is, it's not you. It's not me. We humble ourselves and say, I can't do it. But guess what? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He can do it through me. As Sister Chris said, it's Him doing it through us. That's the revelation He wants us to have. And what sets the ball rolling? Praying the Holy Ghost daily. You see, the, the problem with Pentecostalism, people got filled with the Holy Ghost, they spoke in other tongues. And then they left that by the wayside. And they went on then just becoming natural. Having a little, you know, glory moment once in a while when we gather together. A few goosebumps and all that. But not really taking the time every single day to say, even if it's five or ten minutes, driving to work. You've heard me say this often. Turn off the radio. Turn on the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Let the power of God fall. Let it rise up big within you. And praise God, you'll see a glow about you. You'll see a boldness about you and about me. And we'll rise up and we'll go forth in the name of Jesus by the power of the Most High. And transact business for God here upon this earth. Are we ready? Let's all stand together before the Lord. Hallelujah. Boy, I'd love to have people commit. Even if it was just a half an hour a day. Even if it was 15 minutes a day. And we had a bunch of people to say, 15 minutes every day I can do that. I'm going to pray this time, 15 minutes every day for this ministry in tongues, in the Holy Ghost, pray in the Spirit for this ministry to succeed in carrying out the planned purpose and will of God in this locality, amen? Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today. On behalf of my wife Krista and Krista Selby Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family. Whether you have young children or kids in elementary school,